0: But uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, We had just finished up a series last week and we are starting a new week, a new series this week titled, Tell Me a Story. Tell Me a Story. That's kind of fun, right? And uh, how many of you have little kids in the home or had little kids in the home? Anybody in here? Okay. A few of you in here. How many of you, those kids love every night before they went to bed, they said, Tell Me a story." Anybody have that? Yeah, tell me a story. Grandma's and grandpa's kids, So that when you come to the house, right, tell me a story. I know whenever my dad comes to our house, my, my little guys, tell me a story, grandpa, tell me a story. And uh, and that's what I think about when we, when we did the title of the series, that's what I think about. My girls are now grown up, 15, 14 years old, but I remember when they were little, Four bed. Now, I think it was kind of a ploy, a little bit, to stay up later. I I mean, it's one of those things, tell me a story, and then you tell a story. Tell me another story, and tell me... Now, I I think they liked the story, but I think they knew that they got to stay up later, right? And now that I have a five-year-old boy, it's the same thing. Tell me a story. Now the blessing is I have a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. And sometimes I get them to tell the story, right? It's like, hey, you can go up there and tell them no after the fifth one. Uh, In our home, uh, Wilson and I, we have been having fun because I don't know if you, it's the same book every night, right? Like with little kids. And so we've gone through every book about 30 times. So now we've been just making up stories. So that's been really fun. So tell me a story. And if you've never heard a five-year-old boy make up a story about knights and knives and going around it is amazing like i sit there in awe of his creativity and his imagination and and stories are something that we love as people and it's not just when we're little right why do you think netflix hulu disney plus all those are going amazing right now. Uh, Lockdown, right? We're all quarantined forever and those things skyrocketed because we like stories, don't we? We love to be told a story. We love to hear about the stories. And in Jesus's day, it was no different. In Jesus's day, it was no different. People loved to tell stories. It was actually even more prevalent in Jesus' day because the, the, the ability to write and read was not commonly known. When you could write, it was on paper that would fall apart, scrolls, you had to take care of it. And so to read a story was actually pretty tough. And so the way that traditions were passed down the way that family and knowledge, the way that anything was, was passed from one generation to next was typically a story. Where the, 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 the ch- children would say, tell me a story, dad. Tell me a story, pastor. Tell me a story so that I can remember a- a- and move on. And so oral traditions of telling one story generation after generation became a very big deal In Jesus's time and even so it became one of the biggest teaching methods across all of the teaching times when you see in the Bible that that how stories how how things were taught morals uh, lessons and truths were told by tell me a story and so over the next several weeks, we're going to focus on some of those stories. And and, and what we're focusing on are stories that are called also parables, parables, right? In in, in the uh, New Testament, in the four gospels of the New Testament, there are over 35 stories or parables that Jesus tells to teach the people around him. The the definition of a parable is simply this, a simple story to communicate and illustrate an important moral or spiritual lesson and truth. So it's a simple story to help us communicate lessons and truths and for Jesus to be able to illustrate in a fashion that people would understand and know because that's how they had taught. Early on in Jesus's ministry, he actually didn't tell a lot of stories. He did a lot of teaching. You've heard, seen different sermons. The Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he would get up and just preach. And somewhere along the way, Jesus said, hey, you know what, I'm gonna tell stories. I don't know why, I don't know the purpose, but he began to switch over to parables to be able to share all these different knowledge and truth. And you look at in the middle of almost all the gospels, it's just parable after parable after parable. As Jesus begins to teach his disciples, at one point in time in Matthew 13, his disciples actually ask him, "Hey, what's up with all this? Where did this all come from?" It says this, um, 13, verse 10, it says, "The disciples came to him and asked, "Why do you speak to the people in parables?" D- Jesus, wh- what happened? Why are you starting to talk to the people?" And in verse 11, he, he replies to them, He says, "Because the knowledge." of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you but not to them. And and this is that—that's kind of like a wordy statement, and that's Jesus, right? But he's saying this, and I believe that he he shares parables for two main reasons, in my opinion. The first reason is to help people remember and understand better the truths that Jesus was trying to teach them. If they're used to hearing stories, why not begin to teach them in stories? And so there was a truth that Jesus wanted people to hear and and learn, and so he would teach them through these stories. The truth's about the kingdom of God. The truth's about how to get to heaven. The truth's about what we're supposed to do. And I believe that's the first reason he says it. That's why he tells them in verse 11, the, the secret of the kingdom of heaven are in here, and I want you to know that. But he says at the end of that, he goes, "But not to all of them, because I think the second reason he tells parables is because some people were not ready to hear those truths yet. And he said, "What does that mean? Well, not everybody understood the purpose of the story. But if the story was passed down, when they were ready to hear it, it would be remembered, and all of a sudden this truth would be revealed. Think about that for a minute. How often have you read God's Word, and you've read a passage over and over again, and something pops out new every time? And you're like, I never saw that before. I've read that passage forever. I've memorized that when I was six years old. I never saw that. Because there was a truth that was not ready to be shown to you yet, but it was passed through God's Word And pass through the stories and the parables that God began to teach. Which I think is so important for us then to look at these parables on okay, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to show me? So if you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, this is the first parable we're going to look at in this series, starting in verse 14. Um, Jesus is in the middle, if you look back through like 20 through 25, when we're getting up to this, he's kind of mixed in some of his sermons, but primarily he's in the middle of story after story after story, and that's how he's teaching. So Matthew chapter 14, and, and this is titled, if in your Bible it may say the parable of the talents or the parable of the Bag of coins. Both are used. So often when we read this, some people believe that talents means gifts, the parable of the gifts or things like that, but that's actually not what it means. Talents was a a unit of measurement. Talent was a a weight, is a monetary value. And so that's why it's translated actually bags of gold in a lot of newer translations, so that because people kind of took it out of context. And so that's what the the passage we're going to look at, starting in verse 14. So I'm going to read this to us tonight. Tell story. I feel like I should have a recliner and sit down like we're a little, you know, but yeah, we're not going to do that, okay. Um, 14, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. To the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. Of many things come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here, it's, it's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Whoever has, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's pretty harsh. So what's Jesus trying to teach us from this passage? I I see five things for me as I'm looking at this passage that, that stood out that maybe can help us understand about the things God has given to us. If you didn't figure out the parable, the spiritual truth, God is the master, we are the servants, God has entrusted us with things. And the question we're gonna to ask tonight simply is, is, what are you doing with the things God's entrusted you with? What are you doing with the gifts God has given you, the gifts, the resources, the energy, the time, Because that's what this parable is all about, God is asking, what are you doing with it? How are you spending that? And the first thing I see that Jesus teaches us here is that we are all different and unique. Or as Steph's grandma used to say, uh, we are all special in our own special way. We all have this special moment, right, that we are and, 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 and so we all are different and, new, and unique In verse 15 he gives each and every Of those servants different amounts But it wasn't It wasn't because he valued one higher Than the other one he, he, I believe as he looks at them goes this is what you can do This is your gift This is your gift This is your gift We live in a world so often That we feel we all have to have the same gifts And the same exact thing And be able to do what everybody else does And that's not how God created us I grew up in a home where um, my dad was not handy one little bit. Nope. He, I, I don't remember him fixing a single thing growing up. Uh, maybe changing a light bulb. Um, that's what he did. My dad was a pastor, uh, and his, his motto was more of a, uh, if you can pay someone to do it, let's find the money to do that. <laughs> Uh, now now, my mom's dad, my grandpa, he would come in and we'd have a list so that he could fix things that we want to do, but my dad, he just didn't do it. So guess what, what he passed down to me was the inability to do home projects. <laughs> Thank you, dad, right? But my dad, my dad, um, I did learn a lot of teaching and preaching God's word because that's what he loved That was his gift mix was preaching God's word. I learned a lot of that. Well, then I married Steph and her dad, the complete opposite of my dad, Mr. Fix-It. Um, they literally, they moved down to Mississippi a couple years ago um, and bought a house and literally did a full flip of a house and he did it all on his own. They wanted to add an extension to their garage a month ago. They were going to pay it out and then as he started doing it, I, was, I can do this, did the whole thing on his own. So whenever, whenever uh, Matt comes to our house, I have a list, right, because I'm not that guy. I wish I could be, I really do. There's times actually I sit with them, and I'm like, Matt, show me, tell me how I'm doing this. And I'm sitting there and can I tell you, uh, it's it's him leading the blind. I have no, I try, I I know colors, I know where to put things, I know what things are called, but I can't do it. I'm just not great. So much better. And I remember there's times when I'm like, Matt, I wish, I so wish I could do this like you could do this. I wish I had that ability. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, here's the deal. He goes, I'll take care of all this, but that talking in front of people and preaching thing, I don't want a thing to do with that. He goes, I will sit up there, deer in the headlights. That's not my thing. He goes, so how about I stick to the fixing, and you stick to the preaching, and we'll make things work. And I'm like, I got that. Why? Because we're all special, we're all unique, We we are created the way God has intended us. The talents, the gifts, the bags of gold they were given to the people according to what they could do and handle, not because they were less than anybody else, but so often we begin to compare where people were at. Maybe maybe the guy who got more bags of gold, he'd been there for longer. He trusted him or whatever it is, but he hadn't built his time. And we have to be very careful to compare ourselves to other people John Acuff said this, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. We're all on a journey and so often our journey, we start comparing to where other people are at and their journey's so different. Even when we are on the same journey, we have different paths along that way. All different and unique. The, the second thing that I think this parable teaches us is this, that success is a product of our work. That success is a product of our work. Uh, it says there in verse 16, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. And here's what, here's what it means. Obviously, God is where our success comes from, okay? Can we, we know that, right? God is where our success comes from, but if we don't put that idea into action, nothing happens. God can give us all the abilities and the talents, but if we don't actually move in the direction he tells us, it doesn't matter at all. We have to be work to get there. We have to do what he tells us to get there. You wanna get paid, you do the work to get paid, right? My, My girls are learning this. We just opened up this last weekend, their first checking account. They think they're hot stuff. They, they, we, they've been babysitting um, the little guy, our five-year-old Wilson, and so while uh, we both, Steph and I have both been going back to work, and so we've needed a babysitter. They're cheaper than the daycare service, but they still cost, right? And so we've been paying them, and so they wanted their own checking account so they can start, we can start teaching them some things. And so we said, okay, this is great. And so we start talking about their schedule a little bit on the days that I'll be home. Obviously, they're not getting paid. And they go, wait, what? Don't we get paid for five days? Well, well, no, I'm home on Fridays. You don't get paid for Friday. I'm here. Well, that's not fair. Well, what do you mean that's not fair? You think you get money for doing nothing? Well, we're willing to. Man, if I could get paid for willing to do something, sign me up, right? But there's this idea at times for them as they're learning is that you gotta do the work. To get the success, the, these servants had to do the work so that they can be blessed and so they can see that. Are you willing to do the work God has put before you? The third thing that I believe this t- parable is teaching us is this that God always gives us everything we need to do what he has called us to do. He always gives us the exact stuff, the exact things, the exact talent for when he calls us to do that. When he calls us to do that. I think sometimes we don't always follow that path that he calls us to do. It doesn't mean you won't be successful, but I will say when we go down the path God calls us, it doesn't make it easier, but he always, he's always providing what we need in those circumstances. He gave all three of these servants, that master did, the necessary tools to double their money. They had to work for it, but they all had equal value, equal time, equal resources. This master said, hey, I want you to take this. I want you to grow this, to do that. Notice notice what the master says to both the first and second servant. He says the exact same thing. They had different amounts of money, right? Different amounts. Did you notice this? He says... In verse 21 and verse 23, the exact same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, it, he gave them the tools, and it didn't matter how much was earned long-term, but if you put... The tools to work the way God has called you to do that, He's faithful. He gives you what you need, exactly what you need when He calls you to go down that path. The fourth thing that Jesus teaches us, I believe, in this parable is that that we work for the master, not ourselves. We work for the master, not ourselves. At the end of the day, those first two servants, well, all three servants, who did they give the money back to? The master. And he allowed them to work within that, that time frame. But that third servant, did you see why he didn't go out and do what he was doing? The master empowered him. The master said you can do it. The master gave him the resources. The master gave him the tools. The master said, hey, I believe in you. And he says this, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. He turned, he turned the statement of what the master had given it to him, which was about the master and the master doing this, to a statement about himself. You see, we work for the master. We don't work for ourselves. And when we let fear rule our lives, we never meet the goal that God has. And my question there is, are we living in fear or are we living in freedom? You see, fear prohibits us from from working for the Lord. It's all about us. We're not moving. God's called. We believe it, but we're not moving because we're afraid. We've now made it about us. But when you live in freedom, catch this, when you live in freedom, It opens up a world because it's no longer about you, it's no longer about your successes, it's no longer about your failures, it's on God. And if we've read anything in the scriptures and if we remember anything from our own lives when we've allowed God to work through our lives, it's way better than when we do it about ourselves, right? And yet, that fear creeps in. I'm afraid to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm afraid I will mess up. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I, I, I. And yet God has called you to be you God has given you the resources. God has given you the five bags, the two bags. God is says, "Hey, I want you to succeed." Yeah. That's scary. But the fifth thing the fifth thing that Jesus is teaching to me is probably the scariest of all, is that we will all be held accountable. We're all gonna be held accountable someday with the gifts, the resources, the talents, and man, Where he told those first two, well done, good and faithful servant, this is the complete opposite. In verse 26 he says, you wicked, lazy servant. And then the next four verses are how bad this guy messed up and eventually his consequences and where he's cast out to Because he was accountable what he did with what God gave him. Church, we're accountable. See, every single one of you in this room has been given a gift. Every single one of you has been given a resource. Every single one of you has been given a talent. Every single one of you, God has called. My question for you is what are you choosing to do with what God has given you? And you pick, pick the thing you want to insert there, right? Maybe it's your money. Maybe God has blessed you with money. Maybe God has blessed you with a certain talent that not everybody can do. Maybe God has blessed you with certain abilities. I can tell every, everyone in this room, though, you have been given something to use for the Lord. And my question is, is what are you doing with it? Because we're all going to be held accountable for those actions. Now here's the deal, I read this parable, and I got to the end, and I was depressed, right? Because I'm sitting here going, wow, I just don't want to be that guy. And so I started thinking about all the things that I don't want to be in the negative, and I, I, wanted, I began to live in fear. As I started studying this week, I'm like, oh man, I can't really leave here. And then I remembered what he said to the first two servants, well done, good and faithful servant. And what does that look like in our world if we can begin to do that, right? What does it look like in our world if we can begin, if we can begin to live in the fullness of our gifts? During quarantine, Macy Wormliner and Tyler Nevison, they're education majors. One goes to Bethel University, one goes to Spring Arbor University. Uh, they, they said, hey, we wanna do something We've been given this gift to teach little kids, but we can't do it right now. So they started on Facebook, this thing called Bible Buddies. Bible Buddies, where they said, hey, any parent who wants their kid to watch this, they can watch Facebook and we're gonna teach those kids about Jesus. They wanna teach these kids about Jesus. They're taking the gifts that God gave them and in investing into people. One of our student ministries volunteers, Tom, there's not a Wednesday goes by when Tom doesn't come to me and tell me, hey, I got to talk to one of my clients about Jesus today. He's not supposed to talk about Jesus at his job but he goes, I got to talk about it. And when he's not doing that, he's coming and saying, hey, can I tell you how God worked in my life to help a situation? He's taking his talents and his gifts and investing them in the kingdom. You remember intern Jacob last year, he, uh, he called me last week. He got his first youth pastor job in West Virginia, because God called him to minister to students. He doesn't want to leave his family, but he knows that God called him to leave Indiana and go to West Virginia. The dad who emailed me over quarantine said, can I thank you? Can I thank you for doing Zoom youth group? It's been such a cool thing, because I've been able to listen, and when it's done, I get to talk to my kids more about Jesus and disciple my kids because of what I'm hearing and, and being a part of their life. He, he took his gifts and talents as a dad and is investing them into his kids. The grandma last fall who came up to me and said, I'm convicted that I haven't been using my influence as a grandma to meet my grandkids' needs. Can you give me resources to work with students and teens so I can better connect with my grandkids so I can tell them more about Jesus? That's where where Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. We've all been given different talents. We've all been given different things. But how are you using it for the kingdom? Because we will be accountable. But when we take time to focus on what Jesus has given us and we use them, we're going to see the kingdom of God explode. to your kingdom, and thank you for giving us talents that we can tell other people about you, Lord. I pray as we go here, Lord, that we know that we are held accountable, but let that not be where we move from fear, and we we do everything out of fear, but we live in the freedom, Lord, that you've called us to do. Let us be encouraged. Let us work for the goal that says, well done, good and faithful servant. for our glory, not for us, not for a pat on the back from anybody in this room, but simply from you, our master, our God, our Savior. Thank you. May we be challenged to go and use our gifts. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.